0: up, guys. For the first time since March, uh, we have a special summer edition of the Drive to Dayton. We're kind of crawling to Dayton at this point. A um, lot, lot has happened. Uh, we've crowned a national champion in college basketball. we got an NBA champion. We've got 50 million coaches uh, switching programs. We have... Forty thousand transfers. Uh, we got a lot of NIL deals. We got coaching changes uh, of recency, but a lot has gone on since we last met in March. I know you guys have been all over the place. How how are we doing?
1: Oh man. Um as you can tell I had a long weekend. Um <laughs> I just I didn't get home until after eleven o'clock because of traffic. Uh, It was a five-hour drive from Louisville back to Canton, Uh, and yeah, man, just been a really busy morning, uh, trying to get a a lot done, a lot prepared before uh, Midwest Live this coming weekend.
0: I heard there was a lot of uh, construction going on in Louisville. I don't know if that's what was holding you up, or...
1: Yeah, there there was. um, Pretty much three lanes turned into one, and yeah, I mean, I was, there were times I was at a dead stop on the highway. Um so it added about an extra hour. So it went from about a 5-hour drive to a 6-hour drive.
0: Roth, how about you, man?
2: Yeah, you know, I hit the same traffic, probably about 10 miles outside of Grove City, um for the Columbus folks on 71. Um so not not fun getting from Cincinnati to Columbus, but it's been a busy month of June uh for me and then uh, we just finished up the first live period, um, had a couple Ohio teams head out to Philly, uh, had about a dozen Ohio teams in Kentucky. Uh, and I think Centerville was the only team to go down to Atlanta. Um, and then Midwest live coming up. And then back-to-back July live periods, you'll have the Peach Jam, um, three SSB finals, Under Armour finals that first weekend, uh, pretty much every uh, Notable team will be in the South that first, uh, live period weekend of July. And then that second live period weekend, there's a bunch of different events going on in the Midwest, events going on in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Columbus, uh, Louisville, and Indianapolis. So, uh, team's going to be down south to start July and then, uh, all across the Midwest that, uh, that second live period weekend in July.
0: Let me throw this out there, since you guys mentioned it, kind of off, off the the Rolodex list of things that we have here. You got you you mentioned Roth that uh, a lot of the teams, um, the notable teams, will be in the South. Uh, so my question would be, um, and I don't go to nearly uh, the amount of spring and summer stuff that you guys do. Um, how beneficial is it for the majority? Of Ohio guys, because um, let's be honest, when you look at the track record of Ohio guys, you're, you're talking about mainly mids to lows. Um, it's a mid to low state. Uh, of course, you're always going to have, you know, your outliers, um, but those, those aren't that many. How beneficial is it to, to leave the Midwest uh, for a lot of these kids?
1: I, I would say for the, the shoe circuit teams, uh, for the kids who are low major up to high major, I, I think it is beneficial to be on the circuit. Um, I think if you're a, a low major guy or mid-major guy, it's also it could be beneficial to, to stay within the region. Um, but a lot of what I've, what I've seen, and I, I know Rock can attest to this as well. I mean, a lot of these college coaches, especially in the summer, they, they make sure that they make stops at all these places. So all the kids are being seen by the lows, the mids, the highs. Um, if you're a Division two kid, Division three kid, NAI kid, which unfortunately a lot of kids and parents don't realize that's what they are. So they hurt themselves by trying to play on the circuit or convincing themselves that they need to play this national schedule. And what they do is they end up hurting their own recruitment. They fly under the radar. The teams that need to see them don't see them. And then they wonder why, you know, their recruitment is what it is come, you know, late July and August.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, at least for that first July live period, it's really beneficial um, for Division One schools um, because you can get from place to place really quickly. It's not too far to get from where Adidas is to where Nike is to where Under Armour is to where Hoopscene is. Uh, there's a Juco event as well, uh, down south, all in, uh, like a 150, 200 mile radius. Um, but then, yeah, if you're looking at, as a Division II or Division III kid, uh, your best bet is to stay, uh, within the region, like TJ said, um, because those schools don't, uh, travel as, uh, nationally as the Division I schools do. Um, but I think, Uh, I think the shoe circuits that they almost work together for this period, which is not the case in some of the other periods where you'll have EYBL in Atlanta, uh, Adidas in Texas, Under Armour in Phoenix. You can't really hop from place to place unless you're flying direct, where in the July live period, at least you'll be able to drive from stop to stop, uh, which I think the first July live period is going to be huge. Uh, for low to mid-major schools, hitting up multiple events in one weekend.
1: Here's yeah. a here's a not so hot take, um, but if you are not a Division One prospect, uh, and that's if you're being completely honest uh, with yourself, have talks with you know your high school coach, your AAU coach, whoever. You have if you're not a Division One kid, you have no business leaving Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky, Pennsylvania. That's it. If you're not a Division One kid, every tournament that you play should be within one of those states. Uh, I'm not going to say the organization, but there. I, I just was told the other day that uh, one of Ohio's more notable teams, uh, that second live period, or somebody's going out to Vegas. I know Vegas can be a fun experience <laughs> for the kids, for the coaches, <laughs> right? Everybody has a good time. Um, but when, I think people start to lose track of what they're supposed to be doing this for. Um, but yeah, if you have a team full of division two and division three kids, you have no business leaving those five to six States that I mentioned
2: at all. And and there's events pretty much every weekend in those States. Exactly. Um, whether you're in Louisville, Columbus, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Fort Wayne, um, there's something, uh, for everybody pretty much.
1: Yeah.
0: Just for the people out there. Um, how many I don't know if you know this off the top of your head how many teams um are there in the um the Adidas Under Armour Nike um that have an Ohio kid on the team
1: Uh so you can only play for states that border yours right mm-hmm. so i mean as far as Ohio goes and Nike i think we have kids play for Indy Heat all Ohio um, we have nobody on the family, nobody on mean streets, um, nobody playing for any of the PA teams in Nike. So I think with Nike, it might just be Indy Heat and all Ohio, yeah, um,
2: as long as you don't count the Western Reserve, uh, or yeah, Spire if you, kids.
1: Yeah, if you don't count like the Spire, Western Reserve, ISA kids, then yeah, it's really just Indy Heat and all Ohio. Uh, Adidas is a little different, uh, we're a little more spread out, I would say. Yeah, Midwest Basketball Club. Uh, You got Wildcat Select out of PA, which a ton of Ohio kids play for. Uh, You have all the Adidas Gold teams, uh, which typically follow the three SSB teams in terms of, like, the city and location. Uh, So, Adidas is a little more spread out because then you got some kids play for Indiana Elite as well. Uh, So, yeah, Adidas is a little more spread out. Nike is kind of more concentrated. As far as Under Armour goes, we don't have anybody on Under Armour's top uh, league, which is the, the UA Association. But we do have two teams on their second tier, which is the UA Rise, uh, which for right now is OBC, uh, who left Adidas for UA Rise and, uh, Nova Village, uh, with Andreas James, who has been, you know, with Under Armour for quite some time now.
2: Yeah. And also, uh, Phenom United,
1: another, uh, oh, yeah, new, Adidas new Ohio, squad. Yeah. New Ohio team, uh, ran by Daryl Peterson, uh, team Phenom United plays on the, the Adidas 3SSB circuit. So, yeah, and they, um, so I, I want to say, don't quote me on this, but I believe they merged with, uh, Power Circle, which was a team out of Kentucky. Uh, so a lot of their teams are just Kentucky, Ohio kids because they just combined. They took the top kids from Kentucky with the top available Ohio kids, put them together. That's how you got a lot of the, the team Phenom United teams.
0: Yeah, that, um, that's quite uh, adidas obviously is the one where where the more of the Ohio guys are um, want to give a shout out uh, the founder of Nova Village, which uh, Andreas James runs now, Calvin booth uh, when I was going heavy in it, uh, Calvin was um, starting up Nova Village. obviously he uh, just uh, won a world championship uh, as his GM with the Denver nuggets so kudos to the groveport madison grad um an incredible job of helping put together that championship roster and uh always want to make sure that we tie in uh, those ohio guys out there doing great things uh apart from the the high school game um right now a, a hot topic before we get into the things that uh we got here um the west virginia men's basketball uh team and Look, I don't, I don't, you know me, um, I don't want to get into the Huggins stuff. Um, I, I never want to make light or make, uh, you know, of somebody's shortcomings. Um, it is what it is. People know the story. Um, but let's talk about just strictly from where they are as a, as, um, you know, a program right now. Uh, obviously, they're going to have to move forward. Um, do you guys see this as a hire where you're hiring for the long term, or do you guys see this as a hire of let's uh, try to hold on to the, the work that they did in the transfer portal, which was high quality work, um, putting that roster together? Um, they were going to be very, very good. Um, where do you guys see this landing?
1: Uh, that's a that's a great question. I think there's a, a ton of moving parts. Uh, I, I've heard a lot behind the scenes uh, in regards to uh, a few of the suggestions that the players together have made um, and given to the AD. Uh, there also seems to be, um, uh, I guess, a, a recommendation made by the, the money guys behind the scenes. Uh, so it will be very interesting to see which direction the athletic director goes. And as a result of that choice, will the guys, you know, the transfers stay? Because I've been, been told that the trans, the guys who came via the transfer portal will have the option to go back in the portal. Um, so I think a lot of it will be depending on who they hire. Uh, I just, I'm just not sure quite honestly what their selection, you know, what, what, who they're able to hire at this point. It's, it's very late in the game. And I want to say the team. West Virginia in two weeks has a an overseas trip. So they're going to go play, uh, I believe might be somewhere in Europe, uh, and they, they leave for that in two weeks. So just a lot, a lot going on. Um, like I said, kind of, kind of feel bad for everybody involved. Uh, I forget the, the one kid, but, uh, one of the transfers, he just like left because his coach got fired or took a new job. And then he came to West Virginia and it's just like, yeah so I think that Perez
2: from Manhattan had to uh, sit out last year after his coach uh left in like the fall um so even later, but yeah, I don't know I don't know how well you're gonna be able to hold on to uh the roster that they assembled because um there's a lot of programs who have open scholarships. Um, A lot of high major programs only sitting on 11 or 12 of their 13 scholarships. Some programs even less. uh, A school not too far from where me and TJ were (laughs) last weekend, I'm sure, has a lot of resources. And there aren't many players that are high major quality still looking for homes. So if the West Virginia kids entered the portal, they would be very, very, very valuable in the NIL market. And I would imagine it would be hard for West Virginia to be able to match that and keep them with a new coach. So you can try to keep together this roster that looked like it was top 25 on paper, but I don't know. I think building for the future Um, either hiring an interim or just getting a new coach and making it a year zero, um, is probably the best case, um, for West Virginia, because it's just so late in the cycle. Um, and I mean, this, uh, the coaching cycle, it, we almost had a Mac coach, uh, take a job. He was rumored to be in the final two, um, and ends up not going, not leaving the Mac for the American. Um, And that would have been super late in the game to make a coaching change as well. So um, yeah, you want to, you want to have your ducks in a row as early as possible um, or else you're going to be playing behind the eight ball um, and really just undermanned. If uh, this goes the wrong way for West Virginia and they lose a lot of guys to the portal, they could, they could like not have the bodies um, to really compete at, at a high major level competitively.
0: Yeah. As a, as a guy that, you guys know where I grew up, right there on that Ohio West Virginia border. Um, you had a lot of people from my hometown that were, you know, huge West Virginia Mountaineer fans. Um it was probably fifty fifty um with with Ohio State, uh and even some Pitt fans, uh and Penn State in my area. But I've always said this with West Virginia, I've marveled at the job that some of these guys have done, whether it's in basketball or football in that state, because as you both well know, it's not a state where you can recruit the state as far as like high school talent. Like every now and again, yeah, you might get like, um, you know, a, a outlier uh, for the state, but more, likely, more than likely you're recruiting out of the state of West Virginia. Um, and you look at the state right next to you, Ohio, um, boy, it's hard to go in there and get you know snatch up a guy from Ohio away from somebody that, you know, um, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Xavier want. But with West Virginia, you know, I've heard names like Calhoun, and, and sure, yeah, he knows the landscape of 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 Morgantown, and he's been there before, and I, I think you know from um, just putting a program together like he's done at Youngstown State has been phenomenal, but. It's like West Virginia, you almost have to have like this, like Huggins was a brand in himself. Um, like he, he was his own brand. Um, and he, he was kind of like one of those guys that's like bigger than the program. And he sells more so than Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, obviously, you know, this NIL thing has helped with them getting, you know, some of these transfers in there. But I feel like at a place like West Virginia – you know, a guy like Huggins um, was 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 a brand himself and, and he was able to keep that thing because they're in the Big 12, man. And for years, like, you know, money did not do them any justice putting them in the Big 12 uh, where every trip for them is a haul. And, you know, you're playing in Texas, you're playing in Iowa. I mean, you know, in Kansas, it's like, there's never a place where it's like every a, trip is a flight. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, Hey man, let's hop in the car. Uh, you know, us, you know, some of them crazy Mountie fans, maybe, but it's just, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I just wanted to toss it out to you. Cause I thought it was, it's, it's a, you know, an interesting situation that they're in right now. And, um, I'll be interested to see which direction they go, but, um, let's jump into the, to the high school stuff here. <laughs> um, <laughs> and one of the first things you know gosh how long has this been a hot topic uh transfers um you know obviously there's a there's a lot of moving parts going on and still we probably haven't seen um the end of it
1: yeah i'd say probably 75 percent of the transfers are, are probably done um and I think guys are knowing who's going where, you know, yeah. rumors flying around. But, yeah, like you said, there are definitely some pieces still to be determined. Um, but, yeah, its it has been very, very difficult to, to keep up with and to follow. Um, yeah, there are multiple out-of-state kids coming in. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to put that out quite on the forefront yet, but I want to say a top ten underclassmen from Indiana – uh, is making the move to Ohio. Um, I'd say probably top 10 underclassmen from Bowling Green or from Kentucky is making the move to Ohio as well. A uh, ton of kids within the city transferring around. Uh, yeah, it's a lot going on. Um, and I think there'll be a lot of new but familiar faces uh, come November and December.
0: Let me throw this out to you guys uh, as far as the transfers go. because I, I, I have a theory and try to base it on on facts. Um, In high school basketball, like talking specifically Ohio, I feel like transfers impact the smaller divisions far more than they do, like in the division one ranks. Uh, You look at like, you know, you go back through the teams that have won the division one state championship and it's not a, there's not a lot of teams you can go back through the history and go, oh yeah, these guys just, you know, put a collection of talent together and ended up winning the championship. Um, in Division One, I, I feel like it's more about, like, everybody's got talent. It's got to be about the culture. It's got to be about how well guys play together. But down in Division Three and Four, you get, you know, a guy or two in, and that completely can change the landscape of of, of the division.
1: No question. There's just not nearly as much parity at those levels. And right. the, yeah, I think if you look at like the 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 talent gap between the the best Division One team and the worst Division One team, it's a significant gap, right? But it's not like such super substantial. Whereas if you do the same thing in Division Three or Division Four, you take a Lutheran East and you take, a, and you take the worst team in Division Three or a Richmond Heights and the worst team in Division Four. I'm not exaggerating when I say those might be 100 point games.
0: Yeah, you see it in the tournament in those first couple of rounds.
1: It's yeah. It, so you're, I, I would, I would absolutely agree. Uh, I think you could. I, I'm curious now to look back through uh, the last like 15 or so Division One state champions and just to see how many of those guys did have like significant move-ins, whether they were kids from out of state or kids within Ohio.
0: Well you saw this year, um, you know, Centerville has a couple of guys come in, uh three I think. Um Mongo, yep. you had Mongolian Mike, you had Powell, and you had O'Connor. Yep. Um and that doesn't guarantee you know I'll take I'll take uh, you know, that core of Cups, House and and Rolf, guys that have been together um for a lot longer uh i just feel like you know if the talents about equal um and you know i'm going to take those guys that have been together for a longer time um so getting those guys in in division 1 and um you know obviously st v and when they're in division 2 have been able to do some stuff uh with the transfers but um 3 and 4 is heavy is is there a couple of guys out there that you know, it's kind of official, unofficial, official on the books that um, that you see making a huge um, impact on their new team.
1: Uh, there was a there was a team I saw down at uh, University of Dayton team camp, uh, and that's Kettering Alter. Uh, they got to the transfer R.J. Greer, uh, who is the son of oh, Colonel wow. Greer, uh, who's the associate head coach at UD. Uh he was a former uh standout at Pitt, phenomenal guy. Uh but his kid uh is a rising junior, like I said, RJ Greer, uh six four wing, uh highly coveted right now, um, between, you know, mid major and high major programs alike. Uh big, big time shooter, uh whether it's off the catch or off the move, uh one of the better shooters in Ohio. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't I'd say probably one of the better shooters in the Midwest. Uh and just within Alter system. Uh, I got a chance to watch three of their games, uh, a few weeks ago, and they're phenomenal. Uh, I think last year with Alter's team, you had really good guard play, uh, you know, with Anthony Ruffalo, uh, lean, you know, some of those other guys. But I think this group, uh, it's, it's going to be much different because they have a lot of length, a lot of versatility. Uh, so Charlie Yule, uh, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, junior is back. Uh, Matthew, is it Lon or Lunny? Uh, he's a 6'6, 6'7, rising junior, didn't play a ton last year, but will be in the rotation this year. Uh, Brady Connor, who's the younger brother of Jacob Connor, who's currently a marshal. Uh, he's a 6'5, 6'6, versatile forward, uh, has some similar traits to his brother. Um, then you add RJ Greer, two senior guards that come back. They, they have a good group. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised, um, by just their skill set, versatility. And they run phenomenal stuff, um, especially in June. It was it was refreshing to watch them play, just to see how prepared they were, uh, and just the chemistry and the camaraderie that those guys had already. Especially when you consider the fact that a good amount of those guys I just said weren't really in the rotation last year.
0: Roth, have you seen anybody um, out there that you see making a a big difference?
2: Uh, I think that a couple um, champions of their respective uh, either conference or state champions uh, are sort of reloading. Uh, starting in your neck of the woods, Stubbs uh, in Columbus, uh, the reigning city league champs, Northland, uh, they picked up Nehemiah McMorris, um, physical center, uh, yeah. very athletic, are uh, going to be really tough to stop in the Columbus city league, uh, and will also help Northland uh, when they play against OCC schools and other uh, out of area teams that are talented. Uh, I think he's gonna have a big year next to King Kendrick. Um, and I haven't seen uh, this team play yet this summer, uh, but Buchdahl, uh picks up Zevin Gadson, who was previously uh, at Firestone. Uh, and Gadson is uh, one of the more naturally talented uh, guards in Ohio's 2024 class. Uh, very explosive, uh, can shoot the three pointer. Um, so he, uh, is a big acquisition, uh, as Bookdale, uh, looks to reload, um, their team that, uh, lost a lot last year, um, but could, uh, could surprise some people with the crew that they're bringing in.
1: Yeah. And they, and speaking of Bookdale, they also brought in, um, a 611 transfer from Arizona. Um, he is a major, major project, but I mean, he has the, the build and the frame of a high major recruit. Uh, he's, he's he's got some work to do, but he is an absolute game changer, especially when you consider that Northeast Ohio is, you know, is not as top heavy as it usually is. Um, also Columbus Northland brought in, uh, Jaden Schultz. I believe that's how you say his last name uh kid who was at Columbus Wellington we talked about him on the podcast a few months ago he had like a a 40 point game i believe um in one of the district tournament games uh he also came in along with McMorris as well uh yeah there are a ton of transfers uh, i want to say Kenyon Giles uh from Cleveland Roads uh who notably had like a 40 point game against Menor last season uh he is now at Maple Heights um Carter Jackson who has been a you know, a, a three-year starter at Saint Ignatius. Saint Ignatius. He is now at Garfield Heights. Uh, so Sonny kind of loads up there, um, <laughs> al- along with another really talented underclassman named Braylon Langley, uh, who was—he's a, a rising sophomore, six-seven, six-eight kid out of Evansville, Indiana. Uh, he is, to the guys I've spoken with, he was one of the top ten, probably kids in that class in Indiana. So that's a huge get uh, for Sonny as well, and a guy that's going to be around for the next three years uh, to play alongside Marcus Johnson.
0: So what you're saying is um, the former San Ignatius backcourt is is now being reunited?
1: They are being reunited, um, and they, they played middle school together. Uh, so Carter Jackson and C.J. Little, Uh, both originally from Solon, uh, went to St. Ignatius as freshmen, and then they are now back together uh, at Garfield Heights. Uh, I think a lot of people are are kind of looking at Ignatius as, oh, you lost these guys. But I I think they're in for a rude awakening uh, when they watch uh, the Wildcats play. Uh, Senior Jack Saponic is probably one of the more underrated guys in Northeast Ohio right now. Uh, 5'11", 6' guard, uh, has had a phenomenal summer. Uh, Quinn Wokey, who had a shoulder injury, missed 95% of the season last year. I believe he only played four games. Uh, He's back and playing his best basketball. He's coming off of a monster spring with the Ohio Buckets. Uh, You look at Damon Fryery, Sam Springer, Reese Robinson, uh, Michael uh, Lamoran, Matthew Ellis. Uh, I mean, the St. Ignatius, there's no shortage of talent over at Ignatius. Uh, I think Cam Joyce is, is going to be a key player once again in Division One, And I wouldn't be shocked if they made a trip down to Dayton again. Yeah. I totally
2: echo uh, TJ's thoughts there about the Wildcats. Uh, the cupboard is not bare. I think that's a phrase Matt Gould likes to use um, for Cam Joyce this winter.
0: Yeah, the old uh, – I'm sure Zach Jackson would appreciate the old Solon to St. Ignatius to Garfield Heights uh route very common very common route
1: Zach has a, a tweet about <laughs> once a year that just just makes me fall out of my chair man
2: yeah. he's not a high usage guy but he hits when he hits yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: he, yeah he, he's, he's phenomenal man um yeah and i'm i'm sure there there are a handful of transfers I, i'm sure that we're probably missing um I'm trying to. Stubs, I'm
0: trying your to... boys lost a uh, key piece. Yeah. Um, if, if you're referring to um, McKinney.
1: Is that who you're yep. referring to?
0: Yeah, Xavier McKinney. Um,
1: yeah, that's, that was huge.
0: A kid that uh, played some big minutes um, for Pick Central's state runner up team this year. Um, you know when you have a bunch of guys back from a state championship team, um, it's really hard to crack the lineup. Um, especially if you're not like that much better, like if it's close, I mean, you're going to go with those guys that have been there, have been in the fire before, um, in in crunch time. But I mean, when, when I looked at the, the layout of things this year, I mean, you know, he, he appeared to be set to be the man, um, on the wing, um, here at, at Pick Central, but um for whatever reason, um he has decided to uh go to Reynoldsburg and uh that's a very talented team over there and that's about all I'll say about that.
1: Yeah, I would say a couple guys I, I, that we didn't really mention. Uh Jalen Brown uh went from Emmanuel Christian to Toledo Whitmer. Uh obviously um Jerry Easter leaving for La Lamir had a lot to do with that. Um LJ Foster from Columbus Columbus Mifflin is now at Walnut Ridge. Uh that makes Walnut Ridge probably the the favorite in that side of the city league. Um Junior Kambamba who who notably had a, a really, really good showing uh on the defensive end down at the state tournament um, when he was on George Washington and really made it tough on him. He left Lutheran West uh to go to Brexville. Uh uh, who was uh, a he played at ISA last year? Six uh, eight kid, I believe he's um, somewhere from Africa. So he was at ISA. ISA is having a change of scenery. Uh, they're moving uh, locations to a place out um, Lake Ridge Academy, which I believe is near Sandusky. So a lot of those guys have kind of parted. Uh, you know, kind of jump ship. Uh, he will okay. be going to Lutheran East ten, uh, As of now, uh, here in Granville, Britain uh who many know who, who was a, a two year starter Cincinnati Taft, six seven, six eight kid. Uh he is now at Cincinnati Princeton. Uh but unfortunately he will be he'll he'll miss the, the majority, if not the entire year due to an injury. Uh BJ Hatcher, uh who is a probably the best underclassman in Dayton, if not one of the best. Uh he is going to Northmont. Um mm. Uh, Nate Miles, who was also at Emmanuel Christian, one of the better 2026 prospects in Ohio, he will be joining some school in Toledo uh, to be determined. Uh, but, yeah, wherever he goes will be a, a huge addition uh, in Northwest Ohio, uh, especially when you consider that it's kind of wide open. Uh, I think there are a lot of players in Northwest Ohio, especially in Division One. So if he goes to one of those schools, whether it be a St. John or a Toledo start or – you know, wherever their their heart takes them, I think it's going to be a, a key, key move in the grand scheme of things.
2: Yeah, a couple additions um, to that. Uh, Lutheran West uh, picked up a wing to maybe replace Kambamba in uh, Tino. TJ, could you help me with this last name?
1: I cannot, unfortunately. But Tino uh, was at Hudson last year. Uh, he was a first-team all-suburban league guy, averaged 19 points a game. Uh, so he will be joining, uh, Lutheran West, uh, kind of dampens the blow and kind of fills that spot open by Kimbamba leaving.
2: Yeah. And um, then, uh, Lake Ridge is in, uh, North Ridgeville, up by North Ridgeville, Elyria area. Oh, okay, um, close enough. So yeah, a little, a little closer to Cleveland. Um, but yeah, you hit, uh, pretty much all, all the other transfers, um, that I had that were, notable that are already confirmed. um, A non-OHSA transfer, uh, Royce uh, Parham, uh, is transferring to Western uh, Reserve Academy. Uh, He was out of Pittsburgh, uh, North Hills. Um, He is actually also committed to Marquette. Uh, So Western Reserve loaded up with two uh, 2024 Marquette commits. Um, both players in the top 100 of national rankings, um, so that's a pretty big time get for Western Reserve Academy.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll see here in the coming months um, if there's anything else that transpires. I'm sure we will. Uh, I know these guys will be on top of it, and we'll we'll try to do a show before um, the high school. The high school season in general gets started. As far as you know, high school football, you should know by then. You know where most guys are, are going to be going.
1: Um, I'd say in about five days, you're going to get confirmation on a lot of kids. Uh, you know, with the Midwest Live coming up, uh, right. I'm sure kids are going to want to be participating in that. Uh, so there might be a few other kids, like I said, who we haven't mentioned. Um, and a, a part of me, this is kind of random. I don't want to go on a quick rant. Uh, A part of me almost kind of feels bad for bringing light to the transfers. Uh, I don't want to uh, in any way, shape, or form make it seem like I'm glorifying kids leaving or, you know, for whatever reason or guys being recruited. Uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, I think it's a gray area. Um, So, yeah, just a a little asterisk there on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean let's let's just be honest it's definitely uh a big a big part of the game um now uh, and you know you go back I mean you can go back a long long time and people were you know arguing about transfers I mean this isn't just something that's recently occurred people have been doing this since the 80s um and, and probably before that but you know I just wonder um You know, you're gonna see more and more of this as, you know, the college just craziness of that transfer portal, and then if NIL ever comes to, um, the high school ranks, oh my
1: goodness, it will be. Yeah, it's it's coming. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, Um,
0: it'll make that. That's another. Um, that's another thing. Uh, that that will play a, a role in and more and more kids going to different places I, I have no doubt about it uh,
1: was, was that even was that even I know we're running I think we're yeah. less than a minute but do either one of you guys know if that was even close to passing in Ohio
2: I there, don't it was,
1: believe it was, so it was voted on yeah I don't I believe guess. it
0: was like extremely close by any means okay so let's take a quick break here uh and then we got a couple other topics we want to get through uh and then we'll wrap it up All right, welcome back to a special edition of the Drive to Dayton, a summer edition. Uh, We've been talking all kind of stuff um, from the West Virginia basketball situation to uh, different live periods, the transfers. Let's talk now real quickly about some of the top – June performers you guys have seen so far? Some guys maybe um, that have, um, you know, elevated their stock a little bit.
1: Uh, uh, I'll start first, uh, just because it's fresh on my on my mind. Uh, Eric Mahaffey uh, from Cincinnati Molar. Uh, I'm sure some people are aware his older brother, Evan Mahaffey, uh, who just transferred into Ohio State. Uh, but Eric is a 6'4 wing, really, really intriguing. Uh, he's got great measurements with his length and athleticism. He has a, a phenomenal feel playing with the basketball. Uh, he, he is uh, an improving shooter, uh, and he just, he's made a huge jump, I would say, in the last few months. And he caught the eyes of plenty of programs this weekend, uh, from low major all the way up to some mid-major programs. So uh, do not be shocked. Uh, if there is a major uptick uh, in Eric Mahaffey's recruitment uh, at, over the next few months, especially l- with the second live period coming up this weekend? Uh, I got
2: a couple kids, um, 2 2024s, um, who seem to have taken a leap. Uh, first off, Colin White. Um, he, he's been a name uh, around the Midwest for a while now. Um, but uh, what I thought his biggest improvement was uh, was smoothing out his jumper. Um, it's a more fluid release. He's getting it off quicker. Uh, and he's shooting a three ball at a higher percentage, uh, both for Indiana Elite and Ottawa Glendorf than we've seen previously, uh, really establishing himself as a high major target. Uh, another kid, Jesse Burris, um, he has been a very big riser This spring, playing for Midwest Basketball Club on the three-SSB circuit, uh, also was impressive at Ohio State's team camp. He's likely to attract a lot of mid, mid mid-major plus, and high-major programs uh, at Midwest Live. I think Delaware Hayes could be a sleeper uh, in Columbus.
1: I'll say this. um, I watched them quite a bit um, down at both the Ohio State team camp and a few times at Dayton's team camp. Uh, I don't know if Delaware Hayes is a sleeper. I think they are wide awake, uh, and I think they are very clearly a top-five team uh, in, in Columbus. Uh, one of the better teams. A lot of the younger guys, they have two sophomores. Uh, I'm blanking on their names. One kid's last name may be Griggs. Yep. Is that name? and uh, name? Then-
2: Chase Griggs is a 2026.
1: Yeah, rising sophomore. Uh, then there was another kid. Uh, I forget his name, but both those guys uh, seem to be playing with a little bit more confidence. Uh, they're a year older. Uh, Jake Lohman has been really, really good this month. Uh, he's also the quarterback for Delaware Hayes. Uh, you kind of already mentioned uh, Jesse Burris and his rise. But, yeah, they they look like a team that's wi- uh, ready to make a jump. Uh, I would say two kids um, that really caught my eye, uh, Nico Bundelow from Uniontown Green. Uh, The talent has always been there with Nico. Uh, I don't think that uh, has been very much up for debate in terms of the basketball side of things. Uh, He's made a big, big improvement in terms of his motor. Uh, He's a kid. He picked up uh, almost a dozen high major offers uh, from the two uh, April live periods. Uh, Another kid that me and and Roth have both been pretty high on is a kid named Tommy Clark. uh, 6'2 guard wing out of Kings. Uh, In the Cincinnati area, a big, big big-time athlete uh, for his size Uh, shoots a phenomenal ball off the catch or off the dribble. Uh, He's a kid who's definitely on the rise. Um, Ethan Greenberg from Centerville, I thought, has been great this month. Uh, I think with you know them losing a few key pieces in that 2023 class, I think both Ethan and Eli Greenberg will will see a, a. a major increase in production and in the roles. Uh, Braden Gross from Louisville, uh, he has been high level uh, in the few games I've watched. And Louisville looks like a team that could be um, there it's tricky because we we spoke about culture earlier, right? And, and Coach Tom Siegfried has a great culture. He's a great X and O's guy. His team's running phenomenal stuff right now. They're they're over prepared. For the month of june i think while other teams are still trying to figure it out Louisville damn near looks like they're in mid-season form uh and, and Braden gross is a kid who like i said is a guy that not a lot of people in northeast ohio are familiar with but they will be um
2: yeah tj you keep taking uh, my 2025 guys i had both gross and greenberg um but i got two more here um devin brown at Olin TNG orange um yeah. they graduated uh, a trio of Division II senior guards. Um, but I think with Brown being the leader on this team, um their JV team went unbeaten. Um So they're going to have a bunch of guys who you didn't really see at the varsity level last year um, make an impact. Uh, another kid, uh, Miles Jackson at New Albany. Um New Albany has a new head coach, Tim Casey. Um, and I was impressed watching them at the Ohio State team camp. Uh, Jackson's a 2025 uh, wing guard. Uh, has good feel for the game. Uh, solid athlete. Uh, he looks like a kid uh, who could really take a leap this um, this winter. Uh, and yeah, I, I also had Tommy Clark uh, as well in the 2025 class. Uh, another kid, Makai Leach, uh, for Toledo Central Catholic. Uh, they have a bunch of young talent. Um, between Leach, uh, Manny Johnson, and Isaiah Mack Russell. Um, but Leach has two Division One offers from Toledo and College of Charleston uh, and has taken a step offensively, but Leach has always been a high-motor, impact, defensive player. Um, so he's a guy uh, who impressed not only with Toledo Central Catholic, but also with all Ohio Reds.
1: I would say last kid I want to give a mention to, uh, he's also a 2025 kid is Alex Kazanecki from Cincinnati Molar. Uh, six five forward has shot the absolute leather off the basketball this month. Uh, and is a kid who last year as a sophomore looked apart. Uh, he had a phenomenal frame at six five, but he's starting to really figure it out. And I think he, he should be one of their leading scorers this upcoming year. Uh, I think he's perfect, uh, within Molar system. He's got great versatility with his size and his ability to stretch the floor. Um, and another guy who I think he's been around for a few years, uh, it's not a, a new name by any means, but Arnest Lawson. Yeah. I watched two games down at uh, Xavier's team camp uh, prior to him having, a, a I think it's a toe or a foot injury to sideline him for uh, a little while this month, but he was great. Uh, he had showed a newfound confidence in his jumper, was really efficient as a rhythm shot maker. Uh, showed some ability to create space and knock down balls. Uh, if Arnest Lawson is, is making shots at a high level and is able to consistently put together those kind of showings, uh, I think he's a kid who who's going to have a chance to to sneak into potentially the high major level.
0: Yeah, just to kind of wrap this up, I'm always impressed, um, you know, by. Uh, coach Jason Bates over there at North he does a really good job um, because a lot of times uh, his teams are very undersized uh, especially uh, to compete um, in, in usually a very uh, deep central Ohio um, especially you know when you're trying to go up against uh, six seven devin Royal guys like that um, I just love the way his guys compete. Uh, they play super hard. A lot of times he has guys that he has to share with the football team, um, but very tough program. Very uh, they, they compete. Um, they, they're really going to make it difficult on you. Um, and, and they, you know, that they, they'll still run that flex. Uh, and, and he, he does a really good job um, with the personnel that he has there over for the North Panthers. Uh, one, one, and man.
1: he max he maximizes his roster every year. Yep, uh, I-, I believe their their center this year is going to be like six two, six three. Uh, but they, yeah, just really tough, scrappy, physical. And I watched them a few times this month, and they they competed in every single game that I watched. Uh, they, you know, when there was a-, a gap in talent, they were right there. And I think with Columbus uh, Division One being as down as it's expected to be this coming year, I think Pig North has got a, as good a chance as anybody to to really compete and make a run. Yeah, it's
0: interesting, uh, and it and it can sh- and it shows you sometimes uh, it can be easier to coach guys with a little less talent, but you know maybe some guys that have some of that dog in them, um, because you look at the one team that he had at North, with Hunter McNamara. Um, uh the kid that went to finley um
1: yeah, i forget his name wing 6465 wing yeah, tough kid
0: yeah a, a real old team um but you know they end up getting uh, a monumental upset there that year mount vernon knocked them out of the tournament i think it was 2018 um but that that
1: might be the that might be the biggest upset in ohio since i've been around um that that i can remember
0: yeah you know just caught him, um, on the wrong night. Uh, that was a super talented North team. Uh, but, uh, another name I wanted to mention, um, that was not on here. I was able to see this guy in back-to-back weekends in two different settings. I saw him at the crossroads elite camp in Indianapolis and I saw him at the Ohio state team camp. And that was Landon Vanderwalker yep. um, from North side Christian. Uh, another guy that his name is, is starting to surface. Um, more and more with the high major programs. I uh, really liked what he did in two different settings. Um, I know from talking to both of you guys, um, I feel like you guys both have a really good view on the month of June and kind of what you're looking at. You know, there's there's different ways to look at it. If you got a veteran team um, that runs a lot of stuff, you're going to look really good in June. Um, exactly. You are. You, you just are because you, you've got your stuff together. Um, And then there's teams, you know, like you look at um, a pick central, a bunch of new guys trying to just out there trying to figure out what parts fit and, you know, um, yeah, you might be talented, but if you've never played at the varsity level, it's a totally different ball game. Um, So just trying to figure out those parts. And that's what a lot of teams are doing in gym. Um, But you can tell the teams that are old um, and you know that they're going to be very good. Uh, they got a high floor, but you know, maybe a lower ceiling. Uh, you know, when you talk about like a Louisville, um, yep. you know, a school like that, you, you kind of know what you're going to get. Uh, but that's, you know, that's kind of the tricky thing about June.
1: Uh, um, I, I, I don't think anybody is tracking wins in June. Uh, they shouldn't be at least, um, just from a, a guy who's like I said, I see a ton of AAU ball, a ton of high school ball, June ball showcases. You know, you see a variety of basketball in different settings, like Kurt mentioned. Uh, and June is never good. Uh, I think if you go into June expecting to see good basketball, I think you're, you're in for a rude awakening. Uh, I think the, the primary goal based, you know, with the high school coaches I've talked to is what do I have? What are my rotations look like? You know, how deep am I going to be? Which guys want to compete? Uh, And you're just trying to figure out, like you said, what you have. There's a lot of guys who, you know, they're missing football players and they got guys playing that that won't even probably really see the floor a lot during the season. Uh, So definitely not something to put a a lot of stock into. Uh, But it is nice to see which kids have made a jump, uh, which teams are kind of looking a little, you know, ahead of schedule and and things of that nature.
0: So as far as um, freshmen go, Um, Every year there's there's. All right, these gentlemen know at least once in a podcast that the disk space is going to fill up and it did. So we're going to see if we can keep it rolling here for a little bit longer. we were in the midst of talking about some of those impact rising freshmen um, that are coming up. Uh, So I'll start with you, TJ. Couple of guys out there that you've seen that have um, that you see that could possibly impact the high school team this year um, in this 2027 class. That is crazy to say.
1: Uh, God I know I graduated in 2008, so when you you start talking about kids who you know are 20, you know, the class 20 years removed, it, it's it's kind of wild. Um, a kid that I like who I've seen quite a bit is Sean Foster Jr. Uh, Six-foot uh, guard at Lima Senior. Uh, I think with uh, the injury to Amari Addy, I think Foster slides right in in, in that starting guard role. Uh, phenomenal fuel uh, for an underclassman. Really, really high IQ kid, elite passer. Uh, wants to guard the ball, which I feel like is rare to see with young kids. Uh, he can make shots. Uh, I think he's easily going to be one of their better guys, one of their more valuable kids. Um, speaking of guards, Deion Johnson at Walnut Ridge, big time, uh, high-level, elite defender, really good passer, uh, wants to set the table for his teammates, uh, doesn't really look to create his own offense yet, but he has the ability to score when he wants to. Uh, I think the addition of him and L.J. Foster, that helps Dom Akins out a ton. Uh, Roth mentioned uh, Isaiah Mack Russell at Toledo Central Catholic. Uh, he is the grandson of the late Louis Orr, uh, who was, mm. uh, most recently an assistant at Georgetown University. Um, Ben Murgon from Hillier Bradley. Uh, I think he's going to be, uh, a starter for them. And uh, he's a high IQ kid, uh, shoots the cover off the ball, shoots a really good basketball. Uh, another kid that I'm going to mention is, uh, Griffin Starks from Cincinnati Anderson. He's the younger brother of Chandler Starks, who you guys can help me out with this, who committed where for football?
0: West Virginia.
1: West Virginia. So his younger brother is built quite the opposite of, of Chandler, where Chandler was uh, built like a truck. Uh, Griffin Starks is built more like a limousine. Uh, long six seven forward, who has a ton of versatility. But I'll tell you right now, the last kid I'm going to mention, He is quite possibly the number one kid in Ohio in this class and arguably one of the better long-term prospects that I've seen in the the eight, nine years that I've been around, and that's a kid named Lincoln Cosby uh, at Lakota West. Uh, He moved here to Cincinnati from the either Nashville or Memphis, Tennessee area, and if he puts it all together, look out. Uh, I think you're looking at one of the top kids in the country, um, if the if all the stars align for him. Uh, and he joins Bryce Curry, who's an explosive, big-time athlete, a 6'2", 6'3", guard. So I think with Cosby and Curry, Lakota West has a, a bright future if those guys stay put.
2: Yeah, and uh, a couple kids uh, from Columbus. Uh, we mentioned him a little bit. Um, but Landon Evans at Pick Central. Um, also, uh, Tyson Perkins, uh, at Westerville North. Um, he's another one. Uh, I haven't seen either of these kids. Um, but Ursuline is supposed to have a pair uh, of 2027 20, kids, including, um, a coach's son.
0: Uh, Jace so
1: there, Gunther, right?
0: Jalen Gunther, yep.
1: Yeah. Jace Ricardo, six, five forward, is the other kid. Uh, apparently he played really well at one of Youngstown's elite camps. Um, and picked up uh, an offer from from the Penguins. So,
2: yeah. So those are T.J. Uh, took a lot of the top names that I've seen, um, and then I'm sure we'll find out a lot more about these kids in December, January, uh, and February. Um, so got a got a good ol- initial list, um, but that list is just going to keep growing and growing.
1: Yeah. And there, there are quite a few kids that I, that I haven't seen yet, but have heard really good things on. Um, uh, give me one question, but I've heard that Maple Heights has a really good young guard. His name is King, King, King Young. young. Yep, King Young. Uh, he looks like he's going to be the starting point guard over there. Uh, Aiden Monroe at Lutheran East, uh, 5 wing, who I have not seen, but have heard really good things about. Uh, they told me that he potentially has a chance to be the best kid that they've had come through Lutheran East. Uh, so that says a lot, um, you know, considering who they have on their roster and who they've had in the past. Um, Sammy Dari, I believe is his name, six-one point guard, uh, who's going to be at uh, St. Ignatius. Uh, Antoine Pollard at Harvest Prep. Uh, Pharaoh Zaire, who's a big monster six-eight kid from Columbus International. Uh, Jeffrey Reynolds is an intriguing kid at Harvest Prep. Uh, Chris Hill at Garfield Heights. Uh, If it wasn't for Marcus Johnson, C.J. Little, and all the upperclassmen that are ahead of him, he'd probably be a starting guard as a freshman for Sonny Johnson. Uh, He's going to be one of their first guys off the bench, play a really key role. I don't think there's anybody else. Um, Jalen Mercer from Cincinnati, Princeton. Uh, He's a, a high major football kid. But he is a big, big, strong body at six five, six six. Uh, he is going to be a phenomenal high school basketball player uh, for as long as he plays. I think that would probably be it in terms of the kids that I've seen. One last kid to keep an eye on would be Noah Simpson at Lima Senior, who is the son of head coach Quincy Simpson. Uh, he has made sure that that I'm aware of his son and so definitely wanted to show some love and would be a kid to keep an eye on as well
0: yeah i was able to see uh gunther a couple of weeks ago in indianapolis uh keith Gunth- keith gunther's son uh the head coach ursuline incredible feel for the game um he is i'm guessing gonna get the keys to the car uh, early there uh, for the Irish, and uh, he is a kid. If you're in the Youngstown area, you're going to want to see.
1: Um... And those, you got to think, man, uh, I haven't seen him or the the Jace Ricardo kid yet that they have. Mm-hmm. They're both freshmen, but you add those two to Deshaun Will, who was their, their starting guard last year, uh, transfer, I believe. He came over from Campbell Memorial or Cardinal Mooney, one of the two, uh, but really explosive pass first kid um Jane Payne 6667 senior who returns for them he's getting some scholarship interest uh they could be they could be really good um yeah 1 Backed
0: to Midwest Live this week um Correct. we got about 2 minutes left um TJ I'll start with you what are you most looking forward to um this week uh in Sandusky
1: Man there are some big time matchups uh I would say if you can't make it out for the whole weekend, I would say Saturday would be the best day to come. It's only $10 uh, to get in as far as general admission. And it's 12 hours of basketball. Uh, You're going to see a lot of Ohio versus Michigan and Ohio versus Kentucky matchups. Uh, I would say the one game that I'm looking forward to the most would be Richmond Heights against Detroit Cass Tech. Uh, Cass Tech won I'm not sure how Michigan does it, but they won the Division One state championship in Michigan. Um, They have one of the better players in the country in um, Darius Acuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will be squaring off against Richmond Heights, who obviously is coming in the next season as quite possibly the most talented team in Ohio. Uh, Luther and East against Great Crossing. That's in a really intriguing game Um, with Jesse McCullough, who's a Michigan State commit. Uh, going up against a rising junior, Malachi Moreno, uh, who is one of the top players in the country for his class. Uh, so those are two games that I'm kind of excited about the most. But 78 or 79 Ohio teams, about 40 Michigan teams, four Kentucky to West Virginia. Pass the baton to Roth.
0: Roth, anything real quick?
1: Uh nothing really to add. Um excited to see
2: Trey McKinney. Uh when I watched Orchard Lake St. Mary's at the Ohio State team camp, he wasn't there. He was in St. Louis uh, competing in the Nike uh camp, so excited to maybe get a chance to watch him, but it should be a great weekend of basketball.
0: All right, for Mike Roth. you <laughs>